up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. Hey everyone, my name's Derek and we're the Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to revisit some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. I'm going to bring in my girl Kate. Kate, how are you doing this evening? I'm so good. I'm so ready to talk about all things space. Yeah. Next, we have Pete. Pete, how's it going this evening? (laughs) Kate, you just made me laugh so hard. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I love your hat. It's way Thank better you. than it's way better than my hat. Um, no, I'm ex- I'm excited for this because I hadn't seen I've never seen this movie, and um, so I'm excited for it. And I'm oh, I'm excited to have our our guests come on. Yeah, we have Matt the Matt and Matt TCM Challenge podcast. So we have Matt and Buffalo. Hey, how's it going? Hi, thank you for inviting us on. Great to be here. So excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. And we have the other Matt, Matt Hansen, Matt from Phoenix, I believe. Actually, originally from Tucson. Now I live in Yuma, but still Arizona. So you got you got the right state. Uh, But yeah, thanks for having both of us on. And I'm really looking forward to talking about this movie because it is a trip in more ways than one. Uh huh. (laughs) And we've got Steve with us this evening. So great carrot. And as always, Kate, we have got some Disney Plus news. So what we got going on this week? We sure do have some Disney Plus news, everyone. Get excited. Disney will be starting an ad-supported version of Disney Plus later this year. This will be a lower price. This, excuse me. This will be lower price than their current plan, although no date or price has been released. Rick has announced that an upcoming Percy Jackson series will be much more faithful to the books and that he is involved in writing all of the scripts. So that's good. The series is expected to begin filming in June. And last but certainly not least, the Muppets Mayhem, an all-new series starring Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Um... Featuring Lily Singh are coming to Disney Plus. Get really excited. Really excited about that that electric mayhem. I think that has the potential to either be really good or really not good. I think if they don't necessarily focus on new singers every week, it'll be better if they actually try and do some kind of a plot. But you know so, how many Yeah. So so am I showing my age if I say who's Lily Singh? No, you're not. Okay. No, she's a singer. Okay. And, and I don't even know who she is. Not, so. I didn't recognize any of the songs. So, I don't know. Um, it's interesting to get you guys' take on the lower-priced um, Disney Plus tier with ads. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, 
part of me says, how much lower price can they really go? I mean, it's what, $7.99 a month, $8.99 a month, something like that. And for what we're getting, I honestly think that's a pretty decent deal. But at what at what price point would you watch ads with it? Well, I my think guess Hulu, is. Oh, oh go sorry. ahead, Pete. No, you go. Okay, Hulu has this as well, though. Hulu, you can have an ad level, which I think is four ninety nine a month, and then the non ad level is eight ninety nine or something like that. So, I would, uh, I would, ag- I would say some people will probably do it. I mean, I as long as the ads aren't ridiculous. Um, for me, I would rather pay the extra money cause I watch it enough, but there are other, um, streaming. We did, we did have Hulu for a little while and I didn't use it that much. So I just got the lower price one. Okay. But my guess is they're going to raise the price of the non ad. Well, I think it's coming. I think it's coming to at least 10 bucks a month. If not, at least. and the reason I say 15 is because 15 is where Google has the YouTube premium price. So not 15. Yeah, that's that's YouTube premium is $15 for Google music or YouTube music and YouTube premium with no ads is $15 a month. I know I pay it. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, let's talk about space. (laughs) Yeah. This week, Matt and Matt picked a Disney classic. It's old. It's (laughs) old. So this was, believe it or not, Disney's answer to Star Wars. Successful so. answer to Star Wars. <laughs> if I interject. Uh, well, you have to, <laughs> you as our guest, you get to lay out the opening salvo. What was good about the black hole? Oh. Where do I start? I mean, I made a whole list here. I've been curating it. This movie out lead off is, I don't know. I think it's a joyous mess. I don't know how to really describe it. Anything other than that. It is just a wonderful experience. I don't know if we ever need to go back to it, but I love these movies that are kind of like a fever dream at points. And I think this checks that box. But the first thing right out the gate, the first tangible thing is, I think Matt and I have kind of talked about these things before on our show. I love, I don't know if this is golden era Hollywood, but just this practical effects. I love bad matte paintings, amazing model work. I think there's a lot, I mean, there's a crazy amount of matte paintings in this. And I just love that practical, it's dirty, it's rough. But it's cool and very much of an era that didn't necessarily take me out of the movie. But I just thought it was kind of just a gorgeous experience. Okay, Matt, for those of our fans who may not be the in-depth movie fans, what is a matte painting? That is a literal, you will paint a pane of glass for uh, an environment, uh, a set extension, and either by having it comped in behind them, like primitive blue screen, or through like forced perspective, it will be in the foreground and you have people walking behind. It's literally handcrafted set extensions and environments around. So there is a moment in this movie, which I was familiar with. I've seen chunks of this, but I haven't seen the one scene where they walk into the command center about 
I don't know, 40 minutes into the movie. Uh, it, it feels like it's an eternity because the first part is admittedly boring as sin. But when they walk into the command center and it's like five, six different matte paintings with people walking in it and it's just this beautiful color and scale, it, it was kind of like a, a true kind of jaw-dropping moment in this. And just that kind of tangible, real light hitting real things a lot of that I just adored in this. Of course, it doesn't stand up to Avengers, whatever space epic now by any means. See, for but me, it's a whole, not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's a whole separate craft. <laughs> and I love that craft that's in this movie. And there's like, I'm a fan of model making online. It's a hobby. People will make scratch built uh, Cygnus, the main spaceship from this models self-lit and they are just draw jaw-droppingly gorgeous and just seeing that craft put on screen i just love that part of it that's kind of the thing right out of the gate you don't see that now it's a different craft a lost craft in a lot of ways and i just love it but that's a lot of the stuff in like mandalorian that people attach to was they actually made model ships in there and i think it comes across in in the artwork and i think it's really tangible Need I continue? Because I got a list of things. Well, let's go around the horn and then we can always come back. So, Matt H., what would you like to show? So, full disclosure, when we when we were invited on for this, um, it was the other Matt, Matt S., who, who picked the movie because this is something that I know he's wanted to do for a long time. And I had heard of the movie, but of course I had never seen it until I was reviewing it for this show. And... I'll let him gush about the technical aspects, all of which, I mean, this is a movie where I'm just going to say, I, I think it's no secret. Your mileage may vary that there's, there's no two ways about it. And as far as what I like is also what I ended up not liking. I, it's, some of its strengths are, are also its weaknesses. So what I'll say is this. If this is supposed to be Disney's answer to Star Wars, it actually, for me, as I was watching it, has much more in common with that other Star series that Matt and I are fans of. We're both Star Trek fans. And this yeah. has, and this is both a blessing and a curse because Star Trek, Trek fans will get this reference. This is a season three episode of the original series. <gasps> Fighting words. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know now, what that means, but that felt like an. <gasps> <gasps> now, so so I'll, I'll give a little bit of context, and you'll see why this is both a, a my plus and my negative. So the original series of Star Trek ran for three seasons in the '60s. The first two seasons are where you're going to find most of the episodes that everyone gushes and remember and loves. Um, the, your classics, the ones that are still talked about at conventions today. Season three, they had to strong arm the network into giving them a third season. And then when they did, they put them on at a really crappy time slot and they slashed the budget. And that's when Gene Roddenberry, who created the show, left. And that's where you get a lot of the uh, Spock's brain episodes of, of the original <laughs> series. And like I said, your mileage may vary. Some of those episodes are just unwatchable. <laughs> but um, when I say that I, I, I view this as an original series season three episode, I'm talking about one of the bad but incredibly fun ones like Spock's brain in the sense that it's just cheesy and very um, operatic and 
I don't know. There, there was again this. This struck me in that season three TOS kind of way, and I, I was never bored watching it. I can tell you that. <laughs> Even the first twenty minutes. The first twenty minutes, I always give to a movie. I try not to judge it too harshly because, you know, you give twenty minutes for exposition in any kind of new film. Um, forty minutes for exposition. What was that? Do you really need 40 minutes for exposition? <laughs> no. No, and that's where I mean, I started judging it once we were getting 40 minutes of exposition, but I always give the, the films their, their first act because, okay, set up the sandbox and see what we're going to be working with here. Um, but I, what I enjoyed of this movie is the, the, the pure cheese aspect of it. Uh, again, that's not something that's going to work for everybody. If you don't like cheesy films – don't watch this one because it's not going to work for you. But for me, as someone who was forced to sit through the robot versus the Aztec mummy, I had You're a welcome much again time with this. Yeah. Um, for me, it was less than two hours long. And I'm really curious. My initial thought was how broke was Ernest Borgnine when he said yes to this movie. Because, and I know he he had like so many ex-wives. I mean, Ethel, he was married to Ethel Merman for like 27 hours or something like that. But it's, it's he is the, I just want to know how he got involved with this movie because I enjoyed watching him on screen. He, by the way, before we move on, I'm going to re- reuse the same joke I made on Twitter. I could watch Ernest Borgnine being flung about a set on wires all day long in just his dad's sweater of a space uniform. I just loved every element of him in his space mustache, too. It was just a delight. I was thinking the same thing, too, but let's not forget this is the 70s where Ernest Borgnine was doing all sorts of stuff from this to the Poseidon Adventure, which Poseidon Adventure is a much better film, but it's this kind of 70s era disaster film that was kind of right up his alley at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, Pete, we'll come right back to you. Kate, you got your tech fixed. What did you think of this? So I need you all to understand that (laughs) something wonky went on and. All of you, you were you were in real motion, but all of your audio went into slow motion, and it was gotcha. very very funny. So I was trying because I knew you. Could, anyway, anyway, listen, this movie. So I I was warned ahead of time because I'd never seen this movie before. I was warned ahead of time that it could be a little slow. I'll be honest, I've never been a giant sci-fi fan. Um, Star Wars is probably... Star Wars is up there. I really would like to get into Star Trek. I've never gotten into Star Trek, but I think I would probably enjoy it. Um, And then, of course, I'm like the Harry Potter nerd, but that's fine. That's neither here nor there. Anyway, um, this movie made me laugh, and it's it's probably... You're welcome. Nick is adding in. It's the hats. This movie, this movie actually <clears throat> made me chuckle, uh, partly because I knew it was the response to Star Wars, <coughs> and I had so much trouble seeing that because thinking back to Episode Three, 
no, episode four. Um, d- this like the part in the beginning when they like are flying in the ship and they like fly up the little thingy and then they kind of move over. And do y'all know what I'm talking about when they like come up the little shoot thingy and then and like just you don't really see that in in the first or the fourth episode of Star Wars and so it just made me giggle like I think I had trouble taking it seriously also the little tiny robots had me laughing out loud forgive me I cannot remember their names Um, Vincent and Bob oh my gosh (laughs) like one that had like the, the accent. It was Slim Pickens. That, that was Bob. Yeah, yeah. Kate, you need to talk louder and straight to your phone. <laughs> that was so brilliantly written. Um, just you know, I, I probably wouldn't have watched this movie on my own. I'm glad we picked it. I'm glad we watched it. It made me laugh. I. Probably wouldn't have laughed as much if I had watched it in the seventies, but <laughs> I appreciated it. So, what do you think? So, I, I have to say good things about it, right? Um, I think I agree with uh, Matt for Buffalo that this is there's some very wonderful, especially for its time, effects in this movie. The the models and the the black hole and even the effects at the end were all very good. Um, this movie, uh, you know, Arizona, <laughs> Arizona, Matt mentioned Star Trek. This movie reminded me a lot of uh, the first Star Trek movie, which was also an answer to Star Wars. Yeah. Both of these movies made me think that the executives watched like the first minute and a half of Star Wars where they pan over the ship for an hour and or for like for like five minutes. And we're like, that's what people love. Slow pans of ships. And. <laughs> <laughs> and we so don't most so most of what we get in this movie is very slow pans of ships uh for for at least a good 40 minutes um but i did enjoy it more than i thought um i think whoever said let's get slim pickens to voice a robot was a genius uh because i never would have gone with that choice and um, that was definitely uh, the other the other robot voice was also a very famous person. It was Roddy McDowell, who was uh, I can't remember the character, but he was in the Planet of the Apes. Movies. Cornelius, one of the Cornelius yeah. in the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, and uh, so I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I would. But there are some problems with it, which I think we'll go over before we get to that. I do okay. want to bring up the best part of the movie. And I don't know, Matt, you might have guessed I was howling at the end, the last 10, 15 minutes, because I knew about the robots, Maximilian, the main evil robot. Bob and Vincent, you know, the heroic uh, R2-D2 stand-ins. But I had no idea that this Star Wars ripoff, 20,000 Leagues ripoff, um, Event Horizon ripoff, I was thinking, like, this is just like Event Horizon, but there's no weird S&M hell story to this. Oh my God, the character literally ends up in hell. Mm-hmm. Literal hell. 
at the end of this movie. Well, that was screaming laughing. That was going to be that. Well, I'm going to save that comment for when we talk about the next part because I need someone to tell me about the ending to this film. Oh, um, let's get into but it. I, it's but a, I think it's a it's a positive. I also it's not a negative on this movie. I, I also want to say I think it's funny that Pete mentioned that it has a lot in common with the first Star Trek film because. This was released, I think, like 12 days apart from Star Trek The Motion Picture in 1979. Mm -hmm. And it was the last film, major Hollywood film, along with Star Trek The Motion Picture, to start with an overture at the beginning. It's so self-important. I love that. And I would pull up a lot of com. Oh, um, I would pull up a lot of comments about being positive. Uh, Okay, Steve says... Read a lot this week about similarities to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Very much a Captain Nemo vibe. Um, might oh, have yeah. to watch the next. Steve, it'll go on the list, but I will tell you it will go way, 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 way down on the list. Um, <laughs> so, um, and with that, oh, and Gina says, the Spaceballs did the best pan of the ship. The two-minute pan of the ship, yes. Um, so, that being said, Pete, we will let you lead it off. What about this should be ripped apart? What wasn't good? <sighs> and the remember what? The show. <laughs> <laughs> the plot. Um, like, nothing really happens in this movie. Um, I think, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, Matt's comparison to a Star Trek episode, because, like, it's they, they, they spot a ship, they go to the ship, they visit the ship the guy kind of tours them on the ship and then the ship blows up. That's really the whole movie. There's really very, very little to it. Um, You know, I think they did as much as they could have with the little bit of plot that they had. Um, But uh, yeah, it was, it just wasn't like the villain wasn't particularly inspiring. Um, And then even at the end, he didn't, he just, he, he died because a TV fell on him. Just kind of a weird choice, um, but uh, if you yeah, gotta no, just, go, that's the way to go. Incapacitated, then sucked into the black hole. Well, I guess that's true. He was, he did, he did, he did go into the black hole. Um, so I, you know, it was, it was, yeah. And what's and what's with the overture at the beginning of like two and a half minutes of black screen? I'm like, what's wrong black with my TV? Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a bad choice thing. too. <laughs> The picture's not working. At least with the, the Mad 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 World, it says overture. Right. Or it, it has, the, has the, the ball going back and forth. But just the black screen is just yeah. So so I just kind of just kind of a very slow moving plot, uh relying a lot on effects to to keep you interested in the movie. Um and uh, I mean there were there were, there were some good moments in the movie, but like for a, for a movie that was just over 90 minutes, it was very slow. So, uh, Matt, what do you think? What What's your criticism? Me, Matt? Yeah, yes. Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo, Matt. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to really the writing, because I love so much of how bonkers elements of it are. But I think you can see in the story how this was never really thought out right in the first place this evolved from instead of the 
Star uh, Wars ripoff, it actually started out as Towering Inferno ripoff, but in space. They wanted to make it a space disaster movie with tons of people and families on a spaceship. And then it just went through developmental hell as it went through. So it never had like a great idea coming out of it. So I think you see a lot of these holdover parts to it that just kind of don't make sense in the end. And they could have done a lot of streamlining of the, the robot filler. Like let's be honest, robots going on target practice for a long time. That's just filler. (laughs) And like, let's get through it at that. I still have no idea what Ernest Borgnine was doing when he ate it at the end. No, what was his plan? No. He he cheesed it immediately. It just, <laughs> right. Yeah. Was he? I, I don't know. Um, but it's like there's a lot of like finish in the writing of if you're going to be really campy and cheesy, they needed to kind of lean into that a bit more when I think they were trying to be really self-important and it was just uh, really missed the mark. It, it comes down to a lot of the writing stuff of Yvette Milieu, um, ESP, like what with a robot where was that gonna go? Was that <laughs> just a holdover? Robot. Right. It was just a holdover from a different draft of the script. And it's just like <laughs> it needed to be streamlined a lot more in the writing. All right. Other Matt? Other Matt. <laughs> so I I I take a different angle a little bit than what some of you guys have said before, in that I think that this is a an idea for a story that can work. And um, I, I can see, and this will tie into the next section where we talk about what could, what could possibly make it better. I, I think the biggest problem with this is because they, they didn't think it through so much that there's a lot of filler and it's uh, inconsistent tonal shift. Even though it's always cheesy, they don't know whether they want to lean into that or pull away from it. And um, it's a lot of, self-aggrandizing stuff. I mean, we mentioned the overture. It's something that I kind of found charming, but it's clearly trying to be Star Trek, the motion picture and 2001, a space odyssey, both of which start with an overture over a black screen with no words. But um, there's, I mean, if you watch 2001 compared to this, there's an obvious quality differences in scope and scale and and grandioseness. Um, But I think that's my biggest issue with this film is that the the idea is good. The story can work. It just wasn't written very well or paced very well, or um, the mood wasn't sustained very well. Okay. Um, To me, what was bad was, uh, yes, Um, (laughs) the ending is terrible. I don't care that it's not a happy ending. I really don't care that it's not a happy ending. It's what is there is not good. What the basically the bad guy goes to hell and everyone else goes to heaven. Seriously. I mean, that's your ending of the answer to star Wars. Um, the visual effects. Well, I, I love practical visual effects. I love practical visual effects. It's part of the reason I love the original Ghostbusters. I love practical visual effects. It makes Tron look realistic. Um, ooh, yeah. Um, this is also another case. Pete, you in the past have mentioned Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is another movie where the main, if the main character hadn't existed, the story would have ended up exactly the same way. 
if they had never found him, he still dies in the black hole. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. Ship, even if he takes the sh- the probe ship, they still die. Yes, they in theory go to heaven, but they still die. They go to heaven. He goes to hell. I so, I don't know. Like I think when Ernie crashes his ship, that ruins the Cygnus. And I think we're to <laughs> this is the madness at the end of the movie. There's a literal angel that shows up. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in Maximilian. Yes. Which, which what I love. Okay. Little piece of trivia. Maximilian was actually the actor who plays the captain's first name. So, but I don't yeah. know if that was intentional, but yeah, I don't know if it was intentional, but it, it was a, a, a thought there. So, <laughs> Matt, you'll have a chance to rebut me here in just a little bit. Kate, what did you, what what should be ripped apart for you other than the whole movie? <laughs> like, so again, I went into this movie with the bar set just really low, like, and it didn't the clear worst it. Worst of expectations, um, and really, so I didn't think. I mean, it was. Not great, but so much worse. Um, <laughs> what was hard for me was following the storyline. Uh, following the storyline, so I didn't know who I was supposed to be rooting for, and just and then and then they just go to hell, and I was like, <laughs> wait, it's "Done? Like, wait, wait, we're done." Like at the end of the movie, like wait, what did I just watch? So yeah, I I don't. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm with you. I just I'm with you. Yeah, it's 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 a 1970 sci-fi movie that's not Star Wars, <laughs> not Star Trek. So, um. Almost like so, so bad. It's good. So bad. No, it's good. It's so no, bad that it's no. funny to me. So I, I get that. There's. I just I laughed at it. Like I not at it. Like I just was like, this is great. Like this is great because it's so bad. It's good. I don't know, Pete. What about you? Oh wait, you started. I I started, but I did want to comment. Like, there's actually much better terrible star wars ripoffs from this time period than the black hole not that they're not that they have the quality level of this but that are that are so bad that they're good um you're not gonna cite star crash are you well i I could have said star crash but i was thinking like battle beyond the stars and there's 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 several from this time period that were that are just like such bad movies that you that like are trying really hard to be something um as i said this was this was just kind of to me boring and uh you know and and again the char- character development didn't help that like who who, who kate said it well who are you rooting for because you don't mm-hmm. care about anybody um yeah. except maybe the robots <laughs> yeah maybe um, <laughs> so. yeah. as dan says how does he put in the request to get back the hour and a half he lost watching this movie oh that's a personal <laughs> attack no, it's not. No, it is not a personal attack. It's an attack on the movie. If we wanted to get personal, no, we won't get personal. Um, so um, yeah, next on Disney Plus, Black Hole 2, Electric Boogaloo. 
Oh, yeah. that I'd watch. That, yeah. Yeah. And as Steve says, the indie fireball scene where they're trying to outrun the fireball. Um, that I forgot. That is phenomenal. The special <laughs> effects around that. That was a beautiful thing. And as Glenn says, those of you who have seen the producers, where did we go right? It's so, in theory, you know, in theory, so bad it's good. No, this isn't that bad, Glenn. This yeah. isn't bad enough to be wonderful because it's not bad enough to be a parody. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know. I think I disagree. Oh, it's not a, but it's not a parody because a parody, you have to take it to the next level. She's saying it for her, it was bad enough to be good. Oh. Yeah. I think okay, it's, so I you're think this cult, could have been cult classic. I think this could have been a cult classic. I think that this could have been so bad that it was a cult classic and could have like a very niche um, fan group. Yeah. It would have like to be Rocky very, Horror very, Picture Show. No, it's not, like, it's not as bad as it's not bad slash good as Rocky Horror. There's all like, win like all I can say was that I was nine years old. I was playing with my Star Wars toys and I was not playing with my black hole toys. I will <laughs> say there is, to Kate's point, there is admittedly a small fandom of this, but this did take on a bit of a cult status, right? I don't know if they all wear tinfoil hats to signify <laughs> this, but th- it is out there. Not there everyone can be as classy as me. They did do the Disney merchandising thing with this. There are toys. There's audiobooks. There is a yeah. group out there. God help us all if you anger that small vocal minority. But <laughs> they're out there. Okay. So we've all said, you know, we've all acknowledged there are at least some issues with the story. Matt, how do you fix it? Matt H., how do you fix it? Oh, we're going to start with me. Okay, yeah, that's right. So, as I said, I do think that there's an actual good story here. One of the things that I would do, and I'm trying to, this is a very off-the-cuff Matt and Buffalo kind of way of how I would rewrite this movie, because I did look on the Wikipedia page. It has been talked about uh, being rebooted at several points um, in history. So what I would do is, I would pick a more consistent tone. You're giving me the the no signal, Derek, but hear me out. I think this could work and it could stick with kind of the same story, but, but, but better. I would have it be a more um, sci-fi thriller kind of darker movie, not Zack Snyder darker. I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking like grim dark or anything like that, but I would, I would go with a more darker tone. I would start off the movie Similar to the, how this one starts off, but we get to see a window into these people's lives that maybe we're returning from years and years on a deep space mission. They're battered, they're broken, they're kind of just wanting to be grumpy and return to Earth. They come across this weird phenomenon that almost destroys the ship. No one can tell who it was, what it was. And then when they finally reach, there's a point in the movie where they reach like a, what they call like the eye of the storm. Right. They reach the eye of the storm. Gravity zero point, basically. Right. They reach that eye before they realize, oh, my God, we almost went into a black hole. And they also discover that, hey, there's this missing ship. And we could keep the plot point about um, who it was. uh, The girl's father. The the, the McRae's father, yes. But I would change it. Instead of having this Maximilian who acts like a villain from frame one, I would have it be they find the ship and the one person who's left on board is the father who's like um, 
been missing for all this time, but when they get on the ship, he's created all these wonderful things. He's, he's made some advancements in science and it looks like it's going to be, you know, we need to get this back to humanity because it's going to, it's going to do wonders for mankind, but he won't leave. He insists that for whatever reason, he has to stay there, that he's still studying this black hole and you have it built to this, this, um, you know, midpoint where you think that this guy is doing all this stuff for good, but he has whatever nefarious reason he wants to have. And then if you want to, if you want to talk about franchising this thing, as most people, most Disney things are these days, instead of this heaven hell ending, they end up in some sort of, I don't know what you want to call it. We're, We're doing a lot of stuff with the multiverse these days. They end up in an alternate dimension somehow. And for whatever reason, they need to get they need they're stranded there, need to find a way back because something's going to happen that requires their their presence. There, there's your plot for Black Hole too. It's very rough. I would need more time to like figure things out, but I think there are ways to take the bare bones of the story and turn it into something that's kind of dark but exciting. Okay. To me, okay, you want to get dark. The mask she pulls off is her father. But when she pulls off the mask of the person that he's done, it's her father. That at least would have been somewhat interesting. But guys, I have got the perfect way to save this story. The perfect way. And Dan has mentioned it. Guys, you got a Mystery Science Theater 3000 this. You got a Mystery Science Theater 3000 this or throw it to sci-fi dining. Guys, I was doing Mystery Science Theater in my head as this was watching. I mean, you've got, as I said, the, the scene behind me even. You could either do the old journey through inner space or it's, you know, wow, this, no, <laughs> people mover really looks like Space Mountains in space on this one. So it's, I don't know that there's a way to save this plot, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's just not good. As you said, it can't decide if it wants to be Star Wars, if it wants to be Star Trek, if it wants to be 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, if it wants to be its own. You know, you have the little robot there simply for merchandising. I'm convinced merchandising put the little robot in. The, oh, we have to have an R2-D2. Oh, I know. We'll have this little robot with these great big eyes. And I'm going, really? So I don't know if there's a way to save the mission, but at least it could have been more interesting if they had had the Mystery Science Theater 3000 people doing it. So, okay. Um, in my opinion, the only way to make it better is to make it worse. Like just, just <laughs> like have like people out in space, but you can like see the wires. Like, oh no! Like almost just and like you said, they added the robot for cat. They added the robot for merchandising. That was genius because Bob was so funny. Like I just, the only way to make it better is to like. Go full bone. It's a little bit like you're saying commit to commit to bad. Commit to what the goofy bad. Like just (laughs) it's so bad that it's good. It's like, oh, it's like um did you guys ever watch that horrible movie The Room? 
with uh, yes. Tommy Wiseau. Of course. Yeah. It's like that. Like, it's so bad that it has now become a cult classic. And, like, there's no storyline. Like, it's it, that to me would have made this even better. It's just if it was even worse. Okay. There you go. I, I do, I do ag- agree if they camped up the acting more because the acting was very. Even Ernest Borgnine was kind of boring in his role, and mm-hmm. Ernest Borgnine can camp it up like crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm thinking like a- at the time, you know, we're talking about Star Trek and we're talking about um uh this movie. And if you think of I I think I have the right year, 1979, there's another space movie out there that was not as big a hit at the time, but has probably more influence now. And that was alien that if I'm going to put a bunch of people landing on a spaceship, I want some tension. I want some like, I don't know. I, there was just, there was no tension even in this movie. And so somehow I want to feel like these people are in imminent danger while they're there. And I don't know how they would, uh, you know, the whole time, um, and they don't know what's going. I don't know. It just the pacing and the art direction, and it, it you just I I would want this to be a little scarier. Not necessarily as horror as Alien, but you know, could we somehow have made it have this feeling of, um, uh, you know, a little bit more feeling of dread. And then the other thing I would have liked to seen is. You know, he turned all the all the people that were on that ship into robots or androids or whatever. Like, give them the ability to rescue those people. You know, that might have made it more interesting because there there's like, you know, you could feel sorry for these people that were that were turned into androids and maybe they could have saved them or something like that. I don't know. There's <laughs> there's there's a lot you could have done to make this movie better. It was fascinating to watch though. Um, so I will say, I will say that, but, uh, Matt, what do you, what do you want to say? What would you change? So I genuinely think I can't really argue with too much that's being said here. Right. I do really think there is something here if they wanted to focus on the right areas, but it got lost in just wanting to do kind of everything really poorly. So it's like, and I think a lot of that could be cleaned up with a, a true tonal decision. They wanted to be the more adult first PG Disney movie here. Okay, great. Lean into that. It doesn't have to be, you know, crazy adult, but you can at least even out the tone by not having the toy robots in the movie. And then pick a direction of what you want to go in. And I think maybe I'm, you know, I'm a big fan as you might see behind me of classic science fiction the original Star Treks of a very simple story. Maybe by 1979, we're beyond that, but I like a simple mystery and investigation. If you kind of streamline that. And I love bottle episodes of Star Trek where it's just kind of on the ship and there's a simple story to investigate. So they can decide whether that's going to be the, the people because it is a storyline that was completely dropped that her, you know, uh, Milieu's father is one of those robots and ignored. Right. I think they might've said he was killed. I don't know, but right. right. It's, there's nothing there. So pursue that or 
really lean into, are you going to get weird? Let's get weird. Let's really advance and lean into people talking about this black hole is a portal to literal hell or literal heaven. Don't make it just a WTF moment at the end. (laughs) Right. So I think it's like, there's something to be said for that of have Maximilian shells character be a crazy religious dude at the end that I'm going to, I'm going to go through that portal to God's portal. And we're going to get weird together. It's lean into that. That being said, Star Trek five, (laughs) <laughs> well see you need a starship to go to god god doesn't need the starship in that case but that's where like this movie in matt's kind of scenario or like the tension this i'm convinced was remade already and i mentioned it earlier if you're familiar with the movie event horizon it's true oh yeah this is yeah. that movie but really leaning into that hell thing and that movie is weird. It's it's an awesomely bad movie. People love it or hate it, but it's a gothic horror movie because it's a derelict spaceship in orbit around a large celestial body. A rescue ship comes onto it, and it's a ship that's making its own black hole, which, by the way, is a direct portal to hell. And it comes back bringing hell stuff with it. And the movie's kind of awesome. Yeah. So this movie was remade and I would say remade well, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Um, as Nick says for franchising, the pink hole, the tie dye hole, the hidden Mickey hole. <laughs> oh, no. Spaceballs, black hole mission. That, that could have been a lot of fun. Um, so we are at the point where we have to give it a rating. Okay, we have to give it how many pixie dust cups out of five. And as we always do, Kate, you're starting this. All right, but hang on here. Hang on, because I got to ask you a question. Are you like, are you wanting me to rate it based on how they wanted me to interpret the movie, which was no. the, which was very serious? How did you like it? it? You're telling someone tells you, hey, how's the black hole? It's terrible. It's hilarious. (laughs) You should probably watch it at some point. (laughs) Like that's that's why I'm like Okay. I mean like how many pixie cups? I'll give it a I'll give it a one point five. I'll give it a one point five. Uh I'm gonna give it a two because I don't I I said I enjoyed it. I was glad I watched it, but I don't think I would recommend it. So I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Matt. Oh, I'm so I'm going to interpret it kind of where Katie, I thought Kate was going on this. I'm rating it on the experience and the joy, not necessarily what aspirations they were going from. Cause if it's for what aspirations they wanted, it's half. It's not good. But that being said, as a 2022 viewer watching this and just knowing that this is kind of a legendary cult film that's hidden in the archives of Disney that they probably don't want you to remember, it was a heck of a lot of fun. It's five stars because it's just, it's an experience going through. Now, it's not Citizen Kane. Hey, five stars. 
We're going to have to have you back on to see how how you're going to rate a good movie. If I were to watch this again, a rewatch, it drops down to like two. (laughs) But it was an out the gate. Oh, my God. They're going to literally hell. Five stars. It pinged it at five stars right at the end. It's Mr. Toad good. I've made my comment, Matt. (laughs) So... I'm going to split the difference here. Yes, it's not a good movie. Did I have fun watching it? Yeah, I did have fun watching it. But I'm not going to go the full five stars because I'm not a crazy person. (laughs) Um, But what I will say for this movie is is what I said during the last segment. I think there's, there's potential here. I could see this being remade. And to your point, yeah, Event Horizon is very similar to this. And I would lean into that kind of tone if we're going to remake this specific story. I, was, I loved your comparison, Pete, about Alien, because that's what I was thinking about when I said that this should be like a broken, battered crew on their way home when they stumble across this. Um, as it stands, though... Um, yes, it's not good. It's in parts that are boring, but I had a good time watching it. So I'm going to split the difference and I'm going to give it two and a half. Good. Okay. Has, has the, has the potential to be way better. Okay. Um, guys, I think what Derek's going to give it a record for me. <laughs> This is the first movie I'm ever going to give a zero to. Uh, I knew I, I thought you were going to go 0.5, but nope, okay. Zero. Wow. Do not watch this movie. As Dan says, I want my hour and a half back. There is no, I don't care, really? I don't care what they were trying to do. I'm going for, I don't care what they could have done. I'm going for what they did do. Ernest Board 9 is not enough to make me sit through an hour and a half. And the fact that he dies at the end. Ernest Borgnine's and Slim Pickens are not enough to make me want to ever watch this movie again or ever submit anyone to having to watch this movie again. So, guys, it is a zero. Do not recommend Disney. Burn every copy of this you have. You have so many other things you could put on Disney+. Plus. Take this off. Put on the... I'm begging you, please, put on the original Zorro series. Please put on the original Zorro. Oh, I love that. Series. Yes, let's but do that. But we can we can leave this on there. This. <laughs> okay. I feel like you should watch this movie if you like no. turn it into a drinking game. <laughs> like watch it with a bunch of friends, Absolutely. turn it into a drinking game, and then afterwards reenact your favorite parts of it. Or do a But I do have a question or something like for that. Matt Hansen. Um Matt, if so because I, I actually was thinking this during it about like, oh, they, you know, they could remake this movie. If they remade it, do you think that it would need to be like really, really serious? Or do you think it would need to, like, how do you feel like it would need to be remade to be successful? And, to be I'm suc- not, and let's not go off the Event Horizon movie. Let's go completely no. redo the black hole. So how- for... For my money, I, I much think that – I think if you want this to be so, like a mainstream success, it would have to be darker but not grim dark, not bleak. But if Disney is able to do stuff like Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, which if you've seen that trailer, it's going dark for Disney. They can do a darker version of this, and I think it would work. It has the potential to work. Now, your, your so idea then works – 
Go ahead. I was going to say your idea works too. I think the the biggest thing for it to be successful is to pick a side and commit. I would prefer yeah. something darker. If you prefer something lighter, that's fine, but stay there. Yeah, you can't agree. go both ways. No, I agree a hundred percent. work. Right. So, so can I want Nicholas Cage as the captain of the Cygnus? I mean, sure. Just totally wackadoo. Can I vote just so he can die, or you know, I he mean, still dies at the end. But I want, I want, I want full on Nicholas Cage. The rest of the movie could, could you know, we, we got some other changes, but full on Cage as okay. as the captain, as the I bad guy. Like Matthew McConaughey and Josh Gad to be the voices of the robots. <laughs> Okay. No, McConaughey's already Ernest done his uh, black hole movie. It has to be the Ernest Borgnine character. Because we got to have him on, state, on screen. So, okay. guys, Matt, Matt, thank you so much. Guys, where can we find you guys? If we want to hear more from you guys doing movies. Well, look it up right there at the Matt and Matt TCM challenge. Look for TCM challenge out there. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. But any of your podcast providers, we're on Spotify, any of the major ones. We're even kind of catching up on YouTube. Uh, but we have a monthly podcast where we focus more so on classic films that are on Turner Classic uh, Films. And we have a somewhat of a gimmick where we almost pick semi-random movies to force us to dive into classic films. Matt and I were both fans of classic cinema back in high school, college age. I kind of lost track of that, but I never stopped loving 40s, 50s, 60s films. So we wanted to get back into that and just kind of have really deep dives into classic film so we have a back catalog of about nine episodes now a lot of 40s films but everybody you're getting old when you realize films from the 80s are now appearing on turner classic (laughs) so that made us all feel really old at that point that stuff right around my birthday is now on there i shakespeare in love was on tcm this last sunday i mean yeah (laughs) not to mention like not just the eighties, but the nineties, our last selection, we could have been doing four weddings and a funeral. I remember when that movie came out. So the, do you all the, take requests? No. So the gimmick is we do a random number generator and we pick from the schedule. Cause Ooh. you can actually pull the schedule way out in advance. Yeah. You and can. we like force it. ourselves. I find five films that are readily available. There is some obscure practically lost films that you can only watch on Turner classic. And then Matt and I rotate back and forth and pick a movie that we force each other to watch. And you can see in there some obvious trends. We can kind of anticipate what each other might lean into in the options. And it's really kind of stretching what we naturally would watch some classic you know, romantic comedies from the forties, not necessarily my speed, but you know, into the film noir and just weird science fiction. I'll kind of go into that area. So we're really kind of covering our bases and yeah. they're real in-depth kind of casual barroom discussion stuff. And like you said, we're not sticking to like film snob, you know, classics or whatever. We've done everything from uh robot versus the Aztec mummy, like I said, to uh, from here to eternity. You know, so and everything in between. 
Okay. The, That's right. the amazing Rupert. Yeah. <laughs> um, a, a, a squirrel saves a family. Could you think of a better yep. uh, Christmas classic? It a, yeah, it was a Christmas <laughs> miracle. Awesome. Well, guys, next week for us, it's our anniversary show. Believe it or not, we've been doing this for one year, and we are going to be doing The Lion King. Okay? It's gonna be, uh, we're going to have two rounds of trivia. Okay? It's going to be trivia, and we're going to do a Lion King lyrics. So all those songs that stick in your head, we're doing Lion King lyrics trivia. And we have, we have great discussion. We're going to have a couple great, big, huge announcements, and maybe even a few surprises. And as it says, double the trivia, double the trouble, and double the fun, because there's some surprises going on here. So that being said, guys, Matt and Matt, thank you so much for coming on. And we will see everybody next week. Night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for watching this week's episode of the Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to the Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star reviews as they help make the Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to the Plus Platoon channel, where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.